second to last, not the second to last episode ever of Wizards After Dark, just the second to last post-game episode of this season of Wizards After Dark. Before we start off, just a quick thing, I will be doing off-season episodes. I'll let you know the plan when I know the plan. Actually, I'll tell you after the last game of the season, which is in two days. We've got one game left after the Wizards 113-110 loss to the Knicks, which was like an elite tanking job. Uh, I'm Fred Katzik of the Wizards for The Athletic. And I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and I'm locked in a room in Madison Square Garden with four-time guest, Mike Four Fortenau. time? Oh, my God. Is that so? I remember we started this season potting together. You were my first ever guest yeah, on this that podcast. That seems so tonight. long ago. I mean, the Knicks season is gone as the Knicks season was expected to go, but the Wizards really took a left turn there. They took so many left turns that it's just a continual circle. Yeah, and right. I mean, you're dressed in all black right now, I assume, mourning their season. <laughs> this is just this yeah. important stylistic choice. I'm completely all black. This was uh, this was a memory of the 2017 series against the Celtics. Uh, how long are you sitting shiva for this team? <laughs> like, how long does this last? May? June? I don't know. I mean, they're definitely in the shiva period right now because they don't have a GM. Like, you, yeah. you're still sitting shiva until the GM okay. is gone. Like you're bringing out the chopped liver and the bagels and the and the locks and everything. It's like a full shiva. <laughs> I don't know where to go from that, man. Um, okay, first thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna do this without even using the word tank. Okay. If you were shamelessly trying to lose, yeah. Then with a ten point lead in the fourth quarter. Against the Knicks, you would play a lineup of Troy Brown, Jason Randall, Sam Decker, Yam Mahimi, and who was the fourth? I normally have a sheet in front of me matters. with a box score, and I don't have a sheet. And and the fourth person, um, they're the fifth person on the floor. There are five people on the floor, oh, by George the way. Marathon. Yeah, and George, George Marathon. That that is the lineup that you would play that the wizards played for all, like the final like 8 minutes of the game yeah that is the lineup you would play if you were trying to blow a lead and lose if you were trying to shamelessly lose a game you would have chase and randall chase and randall would miss a shot down 3 mm-hmm. the shot would hit the rim with 5 seconds left the Knicks would get a rebound in traffic and no one would foul no one fouled it was an elite Elite. I almost said an elite tanking job. It was not. I can't. It's not a tank. It's not a tank. No. It's an elite. Um, just if we lose, we lose moment. That was. That was amazing. Sam Decker had a play run for him with 18 seconds left in a one point game. That's all you need to know about where this game was. Like Sam Decker had that inbounds play that he then fumbled out of bounds, but. I mean, God bless Scott Brooks. Dude must be comfortable in his job security. That's true. That's a good point. Like, and, and you know, David Aldridge reported the other day that, you know, don't expect Scott Brooks to go anywhere it for is. next year. He's got two years. He's got $14 million left yeah. on his deal. Uh, you're right. That's how a coach coaches if he's comfortable in his job security. For sure. That's definitely a true thing. I mean, that – so the Wizards now – at the time of recording this, the Wizards have sole possession of uh, sixth-best lottery positioning. I don't know how the Pelicans are doing. The Pelicans are playing as we speak. I don't know how they're doing, but if the Pelicans lose, they're going to be tied. The race for sixth-best lottery positioning is insane. Yeah. It's amazing. 
So Memphis is 32-48. and 48. Dallas is 32-48. and 48. New Orleans is 32-48. and 48. And the Wizards are 32-49. and 49. They could all finish 32 and... Wait, Dallas and Memphis, I think, play one more time. They play tonight. And they play, they play one more time again, oh, I think. I think two of their last four games are against each other, which is huge. Dallas can finish no higher than six. The score of that game is going to be two to nothing. <laughs> it's going to be all dirty. Throwing the ball out of bounds and fouling each other and intentionally missing free throws. It's going to be an, an unbelievably shameless event. But actually, you know what? It might not because both those teams have given up their first-round picks. Well, Memphis wants to win – because they want their pick to convey this year. Dallas is first Dallas round is top pick. five protected. Right, but they have, like, the Knicks have some interest in this because the Knicks get Dallas's first round pick two years after their next pick conveys to Atlanta. So Dallas might have some interest in trying to be as bad as possible to get a top five pick if they can this year because who knows if they'll ever be this close again. And maybe they'll just want to give up, like, a 12th pick, you know, instead next year. Right. And Memphis ideally. I think wants to be ninth. Ideally, you want ninth if you're Memphis. Yeah. Ninth best lottery position, not ninth big. Because then you can get, I guess you want tenth. Because then you can't move up higher than ninth unless you're in the top four. Right. And so you're either top four, in which case they want you if they're top four, obviously. Or you're just ninth and then you're giving it to Boston. You don't want to keep it and it to be eighth. That's the worst case scenario. But so... This is an unbelievable race. You could potentially have three teams with 50 losses, all tied. You're going to have coin flips on coin flips. It's going to be wild coin flips. It's going to be crazy. Broadcast a lot? The coin flips? Yeah. They should. I think they actually, I remember that the Knicks and the Timberwolves were involved in a coin flip, I want to say like two years ago. And I think they broadcast it. They should. It was Knicks and Mavericks? Someone, there's, I they think it's broadcast. It. They gotta get someone like me. They gotta get like Michael Buffer to come out and flip the coin, or get like oh, get an NBA referee like a professional coin flipper. Ooh. Get like Ed Hockley come out, flex, flip the coin, and it would be like an amazing event. It'd be perfect. Or have Joey Crawford do it. Just have oh, Joey Crawford research. Joey, Crawford. Joey Crawford's still around. He works for the NBA, though. Hell yeah. He like uh, over. He oversees lots of referees and works with young refs. That was always Joey's uh, rep as a referee. His rep as a rep within referees couldn't be more different than what the outside public would expect. I know. I talked to Joey for a story a few years ago. He's a oh, great guy. He's a great guy. He's a, He's still a little wild, though. He's totally wild. Yeah. But he fully missed that. Yeah. But his, his rep as a referee... Was that he always? He was like a teacher. He always worked with the young refs. He loved working with the young refs. So his like crew teams it would always be him and a bunch of young refs. And he would like he was famous for telling coaches, like, you can say whatever you want to me this game. Like if he's with like two rookie refs or second year ref or whatever, you know, a twenty nine year old, he'd say, say whatever you want to me this game. I won't tee you up. But if you say anything to fill in the blank, random, you know, second year ref who's on the team. Mm then I'm teeing you up immediately. So sometimes people would see Joey Crawford give out a tee for seemingly absolutely nothing. This is why, by the way, I think we can't... People are like, that's a good tech. That's a bad tech. It's like you, That is like a thing you have no idea. You don't even know what he said. Like, But those, those are the context of things where it's like, 
Okay. Yeah. Then if you you can say whatever you want to Joey Crawford, but then don't say something to the other person, and you curse out the other person, and Joey Crawford tees you up immediately. It's like that's why that was the context of that conversation. I love that though. We couldn't have gotten more off right now. No, anyway, we, we were just talking about Joey Crawford as like a mama bird, like protecting her. <laughs> her children right now, like in the nest. I like it. I used to, where do you get all this ref intel from? You're so you're so wired in. I love refs. Okay. I find refs fascinating. Okay. Refs are like why someone would go into that. I guess in some ways it's kind of like journalists. Maybe this is why I'm fascinated by it. Why anyone would go into a – it's way more than journalists if it's like journalists. Well, I mean, Joey said he went into it because his dad did and he watched uh-huh. him growing up. And I think and his, his brother. brother. Yeah, so his they brother both watched Jerry his dad who's a longtime baseball umpire. And, like, he grew up revering umps and refs. So it was kind of a passed down thing for him. Mm-hmm. I, I would guess that a lot of these guys probably have family that did something mm-hmm. like it. And his brother is a long, was a long time MLB umpire, yeah. like a crew chief, and I believe did World Series and everything. Mm-hmm. Jerry Crawford. Uh, I'm just fascinated by like, no one likes referees. Like, like, like when I say that, I don't mean like personally. I mean like, when they step on the court, they're not going to get cheered by the fans. They're exclusively going to get booed, yeah. and cursed out, and insulted. Players for both teams are yelling at them and telling them that they mess things up. Right. No one's ever being like, you know, great call. I don't know how you saw that. It, the amount of, like, I'm rubber and your glue mentality that it takes to become a referee is insane. And so I think that they're just – it takes fascinating personalities to go into that profession. It yeah. just does. You've got to have really thick skin. I mean, it's, it's – um it's almost like the most selfless position in a lot of ways, and I don't know. I I feel like, I feel like it's so. Um, I don't know. It's got to be lonely, doesn't it? Yeah, and people talk about thankless jobs. <sighs> thankless. But I think part of why Joey liked refereeing a lot was because there was a star platform to it for him. Yeah. Like Joey was a ham. Like he ate it up. Hundred. I don't think every other ref is like that, and a lot of those guys just kind of go about doing their jobs. But I think there's, like, a weird mix of, like, loneliness slash comfort and embracing of the spotlight for That's a lot true. of these guys. That's true. Uh, quick thing on Bradley Beal. Yeah. Bradley Beal said after the game when Ian Begley from ESPN asked him about the super max and the possibility of taking it. Obviously, just a refresher. If Bradley Beal makes All-NBA this summer, he's going to be Supermax eligible. He has two years left on his deal, but he'll be eligible to sign a four-year Supermax extension that would project to be about $194 million starting in the 2021-22 season. It would run through 2025, so it would be a six-year deal total uh, between this year and next year. That would put him at six years, $250 million on the total contract if you include the extension, which is a lot of money, but Bradley Beal said about it after the game. And I had a conversation with Bradley Beal about Supermax possibilities in which he said he had no idea if he would take it or not. Uh, that's up on The Athletic. It's on my writer page from about a week and a half ago. It was after the, whenever they played the Lakers, March 26, 27, something like that was when it went up. And uh, he said tonight it's not about the money. He's already had one max contract. He's made a lot of money in his career and in his life. He's made $90 million, by the way, in his career so far. And he's got two years and $56 million left on this current deal. And whether he gets Supermax eligible or not, he will make a lot of money for the rest of his career. He will make hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, he said it's not about the money. That's 
that is an interesting thing because that's what Anthony Davis said, uh, and that's not what John Wall said. And Anthony Davis didn't accept it. Yeah. And that's what Kawhi basically implied and supposedly said privately. Kawhi didn't accept it. The people who say it is about the money, they accept it. Um, there's not a right or wrong answer. If it's about the money, awesome. It's a lot of freaking money. It's really, I can't even imagine how somebody could look at that and be like, nah. Uh, but it's an interesting response. What I mean, what is the point of the Supermax if it's not about the money? Like, what is its purpose anymore if guys are saying, and eh, that extra 40, 50, I don't know, like whatever it is, $50 million is not enough to make me choose differently than I would have. I don't know. Like, yeah. We have to rethink the whole thing. Yeah, I, I guess and, it's and to, give it, to give it a little more context, he said, you know, it's about, it's about the future. Yeah. It, it's about, you know, he said, you know, it's about who, not necessarily who they bring in in GM, but what kind of philosophy this GM brings in and, uh, whether or not they can win, and 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 Brad does say he wants to stay. He wants to stay, but he also wants to win, and that's that's for sure. And I am. This is going to be a fascinating summer because here's the thing: if he makes All NBA, we don't even know if the Wizards are going to offer it at this point. Well, because to say, can well, the Wizards because, afford to give it to him? They can afford it. No, but like I mean, their their cap would be just like yes. I mean, between him and Wall, they, yeah, they would be, they would owe them stock. like ninety plus million dollars. Yeah. Uh, by the first year of Beal's deal, the first year of Beal's deal, it's the cap is is projected to be in twenty twenty one. The cap is projected to be one hundred and twenty nine million dollars. Beal would make thirty five percent of that. It's like forty something million. Wall would be making forty something million that year. I believe their combined salaries would go over. A little over ninety million for that year in a one hundred and twenty nine million dollar cap. You're tying yourself to Wall and Beal, an injured Wall and Beal. When those two guys went healthy, you didn't necessarily optimize each other. But what's going to be interesting is we still don't know, and the reason we don't know is because we don't know who's going to be making decisions on this team. Somebody could walk in, and I, I'm sure when there are interviews for the GM job, one of the questions will be, "What do you yeah. do with the future of this of team? Because how could it not?" And there might be somebody who walks in and impresses because he says, you got to trade Bradley Beal, you got to get more assets and just go strict rebuild. And there might be somebody who says, you got to keep Bradley Beal, he's a great player, and you got to do whatever you can to keep him. When you get a great player, you keep him. And we don't know whether somebody who takes either of those mentalities is going to be running the Wizards. And, and if I can offer maybe a different perspective on this, maybe the GM who gets the job eventually is the one who lines up with what Ted Leonsis thinks about Dealing with Bradley Beal, maybe Ted has his own ideas and he just wants a GM to execute it. The mm-hmm. guy who aligns with him. Honestly, I don't know what the answer is to this one. It's it's, it's a Gordian knot of a question, right? Like, if you put him together and his deal kicks in three years from now, you're almost going to have to punt that year <laughs> because you've got so much money for the next. I think it would be two years of him and uh, Wall, mm-hmm. right, making yeah. max. I don't know, man. How do you win with those guys making what seventy million, seventy-five million dollars together? More, More. over ninety. Oh, oh, yeah. You just said over ninety. Yeah, correct. Uh, I don't know how you. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Like, yes. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, Wall's contract. I mean, is so hard to trade. Yeah, I just I can't see it. Beal, Beal, his current deal. I mean, that's a team friendly deal. We're talking yeah. about a fringe All NBA guy, and if he makes All NBA, it's going to be third team. We're talking about a, a guy who is one of the six, seven, eight best guards in the entire NBA. For sure. And 
he's on the smallest max deal that a player yeah. can be on. He's making $25 million this year. I mean, he's making Zach Levine money. And he's one of the six or seven or eight best guards in the entire league. Uh, so what, what do you think, just to kind of chime in and to cut you off, uh, obviously, very rudely, what do you think of the idea of trading Bradley Beal for a top two pick this summer? I don't know enough about draft prospects. You have to have a good opinion on it. For number one? I mean, sure. every, everyone says that whoever gets number one is going to be in the mix to trade for Anthony Davis, right? Right. Uh, I mean, who knows what the Pelicans will do, where he goes, how all that works out. I mean, do you want the certainty of Zion Williams and getting him and obviously the uncertainty of what he'll become as an NBA player and trade him for Bradley Beal in two years at $25 yeah. million? Dollars? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if any team's going to do that. I don't either, but I think it's I think if the, like, if the Lakers get one, they would probably flip Zion for AD. I don't know, if, man. If well, I, Knicks, I guess it depends if Clutch signs Zion. Yeah, if the Knicks, if the Knicks get one... Depending on their free agency hopes, that's obviously <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. There's so many moving parts. There's here, a lot though. of permutations. It's hard. It's hard. But just hearing that it's not about the money is, first of all, an extremely admirable thing to well, think. Who, who, if you're I mean, how often do you hear guys say it is about the money? You do from time to time. But you know what? It's just I believe them because – you know what? I believe them because most guys who – are super max eligible say it's not about the money. DeMarcus Cus- I mean, I guess DeMarcus Cousins wanted to resign. They traded him anyway. They didn't want to extend him the super max. Right. Uh, but Kawhi. And I would put Bradley Beal a lot more in the Kawhi personality camp than I would in the Van Superstar who just wants to be a star camp. He's wildly competitive. Yeah. I don't think Bradley Beal would be happy being on a team making 35 like making a supermax contract and just winning 30 to 35 games every year. And well, I think he knows he wouldn't be happy. Um Anthony Davis said it's not about the money. Uh these guys are making so much money. Yeah. Like it's not like if he doesn't I think it would be about the money if he didn't if he turned down the supermax so he could make a minimum. Well, that would not be about the money, but he's turning down Supermax so we can just make a different kind of max. I was gonna, I mean, I'm going to say, like, I, not to be all Gordon Gecko about it, but, like, they're making a lot of money, but there's always a lot more money to make, right? Yeah. You know, even if you turn down, you know, you can you can consider the two alternatives. $140 million is nice. 194 is a lot nicer, right? Like, can, can I can I make a pretty insane comment about where NBA salaries are right now? Sure. It's great. They deserve it 100%. NBA players probably make more than Gordon Gecko was supposedly making in the eighties. I mean, you would think so, right? Adjusted for even adjusted, adjusted for inflation. For inflation. Yeah, I mean, Wall Street CEOs make what NBA players are making. Yeah, and that Gordon Gecko was an employee. Yeah, that's true. Well, we don't know what his bonus is, what kind of hedge. I, I he would, was I not, want somebody to play this out. Yeah. Do you have someone who's like a huge? Movie someone should buff do this. Play, both a movie and a finance buff. Yes, play this out. a movie finance NBA buff. Yes, would have to be able to figure this out. I want answers. That would be good. Uh, plug your awesome work before we wrap up. Um, everyone, go and read the Athletic and the Knicks page on the Athletic. Uh, I try to cover this team there. It is sometimes difficult. This is a <laughs> difficult team to cover. Uh, please help me out. I'm going to panhandle for readers and subscribers here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do you do an awesome job. Mike does a great job on the Knicks. He just wrote a great story. It's just I'm just gonna tell you it's about blood. 
It's a great story about a great story about blood. And uh, I'll be back Tuesday night, last post game episode of the season. I'll let you guys know the offseason plan when I podcast on Tuesday. Can I make a request on here just so I can kind of corner you in and kind of like mark my territory? Can we do a post-lottery pod? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I think we'll both be there probably, right? I I assume so. Can we do it from the room where the lottery is drawn? I think that's a phenomenal idea. Can we like ask the NBA to let us in? There's nothing to reveal after that, right? Yeah, if we can do that, then yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll 100% do that. That, that's a great idea. Yeah. Let's get that maybe done. they'll let us play with the things that, like, yeah. the ping pong balls up. <laughs> just have ping pong sounds in the background. Yeah. It'll be it'll be perfect in that sound. The machines will still run, and we're just, like, talking. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That is it. Uh, subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us five stars. Leave a nice review on iTunes. Follow Mike on Twitter. What's your uh, handle again? At Mike Vorkanoff. Vorkanoff spelled just like it sounds. Okay. Great. And uh, I'll be back Tuesday. Talk to you guys next